I wanted to do another problems with the MTA. Um, I was thinking about it. And what I want to talk about is awareness. Public awareness. So what do I mean by awareness? What I mean by awareness is basically, I would like that our union makes people understand some things about our job. The more public awareness we bring to the job, the easier our job will get and the more sympathy passengers will have with us and the better communication people will have with us. And I know some people don't understand that because even when I talk about certain things here, some people say, why are you telling them so much? That's not good. Why am I saying that? There's one reason I'm saying this is I'm just tired of being cursed out about things that people just don't know any better so they curse us out. What I'm referring to is if customers will know certain things that we have to do, they won't curse us out. Like when it's snowing and we don't pull up to the bus, we don't pull into the bus stop. We don't do that because we're supposed to be adjacent to the bus stop. If you don't know what adjacent means, that means parallel. They could put a TV on a bus and explain it. 15 minute skits or 30 minute skits of on snow days, bus drivers keep the bus adjacent to the bus stop because it's for your safety. Meaning we're supposed to pull into the bus stop but stay away and be somewhere that is clear so people can know where they're stepping so they won't fall. But people don't know this so they see us not pull in so they curse at us like damn and you didn't pull into the bus stop or us being diagonal to a bus stop. We're never supposed to be diagonal. We're always supposed to be adjacent. But I believe communication between the whole system, union, management, customers, and employees is very, very big. And letting the public know that certain things that we do, we do them because we're supposed to and in the rules for people's safety. And there's a lot of things like that. Like we don't control traffic. We don't know train schedules and that we're only in charge of this bus. Even on letting passengers go after 10 o'clock. Um, if the bus driver feels it's not safe enough, he is deemed to say no to you. I just feel that there's so many things that with like a short 30-minute commercial, people could be aware of why we do certain things. And if people would know that, you know, they'll go about it another way. We won't get cursed out for it. And there's just so many things like that. Um, I don't have too many in mind. You guys could put in the comment below what you think. I think public awareness is something that the MTA can do with little signs, with little um, videos. Because it's coming to that, that they're going to have TV on the bus. They're going to have everything on the bus. Some people are just not in tuned with themselves or understand how these things go. And they seem to get into the bus and they curse us out. And they talk to us a certain way. Me, I push it to the side. But a lot of people, they get frustrated and they get stressed out. And the reason I thought about this was is because I got cursed out for some something some other bus driver did. Like, oh, look at your, your, your fellow operator left us. But you know how many times I've been cursed out because of that? I don't know who he was. He was in another depot. But the reason he left him, I know why he left him, was is because he was late. And he got a non-service to go straight. But they don't know these things. And because they don't know these things, they take it out on us. Let people know exactly why things happen so we won't have conflicts about those things. 
so we can make life better for the driver and the customer, you know? Like, not everything has to be about business savvy stuff. It can be about helping us have better days. I guarantee you people don't know that seven bus drivers get assaulted every day, almost. If they knew that our job came with so much stress, they'll have sympathy for us. Bus operators' jobs are the most stressful jobs in the city. Um, from a study, from this, people will start taking sympathy for us. But these are things that people are not aware of, and because they're not aware of it, oh no, these guys are just assholes. Just food for thought. You know, it was just something that I was thinking of. Um, I don't know what you guys think about it, but you can leave a comment and let me know. Problems with the MTA. Problems with the MTA. I wanted to do another problems with the MTA. Um, I was thinking about it. What's going on? What's going on, people? That's from my boy, Jason Philly. He got this, um, he's a bus operator. I don't know exactly where he drive out of, but, um, he do these videos on YouTube, um, informational videos. I really like the videos, so we're going to start featuring some of his videos on the show. Now, if you're watching, make sure you share this live out. This is a very important um, show. We're going to do some contract updates. We're going to talk about some things that happened at the Assault March. We're going to talk about Samuelson theatrical rant on the MTA board. Uh, first... Let's get into, y'all know, look, I got the progressive action shirt on with the red arc, with the red um, snapback. I got the hats. If you want the hats, go to Perfidel, P-E-R-F-E-D-E-L.com. Different colors. That was the blue. I got the gold here. I got the red snapback with the gold. I got polo shirts, uh, more snapbacks, more snapbacks, hoodies. Let's support. Make sure you go and get your progressive action wear. Now, this Saturday, um, May 18th, we have the Fist, the Fist and Grits um, meet and greet. I will be having some items there for sale. I'm not holding anything for anyone. First come, first serve. If you want it, if you want it held, you go to perfidel.com and you reserve you reserve your hat or shirt or hoodie. Now on May third, we had our also important, very important um, assault march. As you can see, a lot of people came out. Don't listen to what you hear on the internet and and uh, you know people say, oh no, you know no, it was it was a small turnout. It was not a small turnout. It was a good turnout. NYPD was even happy. He was like, hey, look, you did good this year. More people came out. And then who really cares how many people actually come out? This It could have been me and just my progressive action in the core people there by ourselves. We are there to send a message. Now, the message will be better sent and received if there's more people, but it don't matter. We there for the people. We here to create awareness about these assaults. People are getting beat up on the job every single day, disrespected every single day. And it's about time that we bring awareness to all these assaults that's happening on the job. 
We even had our brother who was almost murdered, Denard Jenkins. He was on the last show. He did an interview. It's a great interview we did. Um, we had Denard Jenkins there. He marched with us from the Union Hall across the bridge in front of Two Broadway, gave a speech in front of Two Broadway, and that's what it's about, man. It's about creating awareness, all of us sticking together. And mind you, not, well, union reps did come. The inner core um, people of progressive action, the people who's not into playing politics. Um, shout out to my brother, William Drummond. He gave a, a, a resounding speech in front of two Broadway. It was beautiful. Everybody actually gave good speeches. Um, Nuke, Jocelyn, um, Ben. Ben gave a good speech. Shout out to my boy, um, Canela Gomez. The new, the new, new, new member of the Progressive Action in the core team. Um, everybody did great. Everybody did great. Uh, the chaplain, the people who's running for the Queens um, DA, I will be interviewing them on a future show. Um, but everybody, everybody did great. Now, just to bring y'all up to speed about, you know, what's going on as far as with the assault. The assaults and stuff, right? So, Utano never went to go visit um, Denal, even after he was released from the hospital. No nothing. Let me get y'all Facebook comments. Let me get y'all Facebook comments on the uh, page. Give me one second. Let me see what's going on here. Okay. Let me see what's going on. Get comments. Okay. All right. Jason Philly is from Gun Hill. Thanks, thanks for that update, Mildred. Um, so Utano never came to the hospital to see Mr. Jenkins. Uh, he never came to visit Mr. Jenkins after he got out the hospital and little to no contact after being almost murdered. Now, um, after being put on blast as normal, Progressive Action put the administration on blast, specifically speaking Utano. Um, a female train operator punched in the face at Stillwell. Her eye looked so bad, so bad. Um, unprovoked attack, and, and, and you know, it's crazy out there. You know, Utano is front and center, you know, for that. On the news, gave a weak speech. I actually like the train operator speech better. She made better sense. Um, and, you know, Utano just don't, he can't sympathize with us. You know, and able to, to sympathize with us, you have to, like, be in our shoes in some form or fashion. Utano been in this union for about 38 years, and he only worked at his tools for two years. And it wasn't an operational tool where you were exposed to the um, um, operational position where you were exposed to the public like that. Um, he just never worked, never worked in, in our positions to understand our positions. And how you guys can vote in someone like that is beyond me. Get the me. fuck out of here! It's beyond me. Beyond me. So, like I said, Utano, he been under pressure. And out of nowhere, they go pop up at the court date, you know, update court date case, um, stabbing of conductor Denard Jenkins. They never even call Mr. Jenkins to say, hey, you know, we going to your court date. Are you going um, we want to bring a whole bunch of people to the courthouse, you know, to show on support and things like that. They just showed up. It was a photo op. If you look at the picture and you look at the article, it was strictly a photo op. This man was almost killed, and you guys um, 
show up only three people. And I know you don't care, Utano. Um, you just doing this to have progressive action lay off of you. And it's sad, you know, because you really don't care. Action speaks louder than words, but your actions is very fictitious. They not genuine. And you might as well just stay home and whatever you was doing on Easter and continue doing that. Because at this point, everything you go do is going to look fake if you don't get in front of it first and do the right thing. You know, you having a hard time doing the right thing. Now, back to the back to the assault march. So every assault march, this is our third year having an assault march. Every assault march that we have, um, the union always sends someone from the communications department to take video, take pictures, and they did it the first year, did it the second year. The Let me see something. Did it the first year, did it the second year. After the, after the assault march, nothing... Not one picture, not one video, nothing makes it to the union website. So why are they there taking pictures of us, taking videos of us? Why are they doing that? I have no idea why. But it's, it's rude, it's disrespectful. We pay these guys in the communication department very well. And we're going to get into that in a second, especially with Gannon. So Gannon was there and he videotaped the whole thing when we got the two Broadway, as far as what I've seen. So when it was my turn to speak, I called them out and I asked them, what are you doing here? Are you going to put this um, stuff on a union website? What are you going to do with it? He said he's not putting it on a website, but he's sitting there filming us and we paying him. Basically, you know, our union dues pay for his salary. So I decided to do something that they won't do for me. I gave them the opportunity to speak at my event on my stage and to address the members as to what exactly they were doing. Now, this guy, he sat there and he started cursing, acting belligerent for no reason, for no apparent reason. He had the bull horn in his hand. And sooner or later, I'm going to post a full video and show at least on two, three occasions, I'm asking him, why are you cursing at me? I'm not cursing at you. Why are you using that type of language? You know, he was very rude. We're going to play a clip of the video now of him being removed by NYPD because he was acting very belligerent. Check it out. to NYPD for getting him out of there. He even left saying, screw you. 
Shout out to Neil Delant. You know, we was we just wasn't having it that night. I mean, that morning, afternoon, whatever. We wasn't having it. The disrespect must stop from these union officers. They are not there to help. They're only there to help um to hurt us. There wasn't no reason for him to be there if he wasn't gonna do the right thing and put our positive event on a union website. So not only was he cursing, but he was there using um, phrases like you people. Um, some journalists from the uh, a website called City Lens, um, they was out there and she did a story on it. It was a very good story. And she documented him saying you people. And I want to know who's you people. You know, um, who's you people? I thought in unions we was brothers and sisters. I didn't know we were you people or whatever the case is. But normally when white people use that term, you people against um, minorities, people of color, black people, is very condescending. You know, he needs to explain what you people is. Now to touch on... Um, some other aspects of that article. I like this this piece right here. It says the job comparison um, site Glassdoor.com currently lists average MTA train operator pay at thirty four eighty per hour for an annual salary of sixty six thousand eight hundred and sixteen without overtime, while their wage is above New York City's median inc income of fifty seven thousand seven hundred eighty two dollars. Train operators earn less on average than police officers, nurses, and sanitation workers. That's the point we've been trying to make. That's the point at Progressive Action we've been trying to make. We are underpaid than most of the city agencies in New York City, basically. We are underpaid when it comes to um, police officers, almost 20, a matter of fact, exactly twenty um thousand dollars nurses about seventeen thousand sanitation um twenty two thousand we are underpaid we can we cannot afford to live in the city and it's and it's sad you know that's why I'm saying this contract is very important we deserve a monumental raise we serve an important function in the city and if trains and buses don't move if the stations don't get clean this system will fall apart faster than you know it. Now, a lot of people always say, Tramel, you know, they always want to put the, the the responsibility on me. You know, Tramel, you know, you should work with the union. It's not that, that I don't want to work with the union. The union don't want to work with me because I'm not a yes man. You cannot tell me anything. And if you lie to me or I find out that you're lying, I'm going to the membership and I'm letting them know. Now, Gannon was quoted in the same New York City Lens article. Um, the union leadership is dismissive of progressive action and Thompson. So they don't they don't want to work with us. You know, if I was the president and politics aside, whether I like you or not aside, if I see that you bring something of value to the table, of significant value and importance, I'm reeling you in. How can we work together? How can I make, how can we be allies against this behemoth called the MTA? How can we fight them together? You know, that right there, what you see on the screen shows 
that they do not want to work with progressive action. So please stop asking me, do I want to work with the union? Go and ask them if they want to work with us. Now, Gannon was out there. Let me take myself off the screen because I want you guys to see this. Now, Gannon was out there um, talking all this craziness, videotaping us, um, doing nothing, basically. Look how much he makes a year of our union salaries. Take a look. $139,155 to do basically nothing to do basically nothing basically $140,000 a year he gets a union vehicle um and just to be the captain of of Utano spin team meanwhile if you go to our union website our union website looks like the obituary section of the daily news it's dead Is, is, is dead there's nothing going on there's nothing going on on that union website they getting free money at the union hall trust me when i tell you it is free money at that union hall what are you guys willing to do about that what are we willing to do do about that we want to continue um letting them get away with this free money i know i don't I don't want to let them get away with this free money. $140,000 to sit there and do nothing. Man, and this is this is corruption. You know, they talking about, and we getting into that story next, they talking about um, the MTA workers um, abuse, stealing overtime. What about the union officers that's stealing salaries, that's stealing our, our hard-earned union dollars and Utano letting them get away with it. The union need to be investigated. Utano need to be investigated. Now, speaking of investigations, Cuomo, you see Cuomo and Utano here. They have a, a great, excellent relationship, and that relationship is not um, to the benefit of the members. It's not to the benefit of the members. It's to the benefit of of them these guys you see every time you see them together it's smiles it's giggles and we've been telling people about cuomo this is this isn't anything new it's not nothing new but you know that i guess that they are real brothers you know when when utano look at cuomo and cuomo look at utano they are really brothers when they look at us it's not so much of the same if you know what i mean um so their bond will forever um, circumvent the bond of the union. They Them first, without a doubt. That's just how they operate. Um, so it's no surprise to me. Cuomo sent in the police to combat OT fraud, you know. No matter how they put it, there's no OT fraud. Workers do not assign themselves their own overtime. It's coming from um, supervision. Now, we're not saying that supervision may be favorable in giving certain people overtime. Not saying that's not happening. But 
us workers, we are not doing that. We can't do that. We can't assign our own overtime. We cannot make our own overtime. That's just not how it works. So this is no surprise to me why Cuomo send the police in and um, want to watch us and things like that, which is crazy because we getting our ass kicked on the job and Cuomo can send in the police to watch time cards but can't send in the police to protect us. And what's funny, what's funny is that um, MTA chairman, MTA chairman Pat Foy says small fraction of OT is fraudulent. So far, five Long Island workers disciplined or facing it for alleged fraud. So they made this big hoopla of people stealing time for five people. And there's not even no guarantee that they were stealing time. So five people, OT fraud. Next thing you know, you had IGs and, and New York City transit work locations watching time clocks. Every time something happens in Long Island Railroad, New York City transit get the, the worst end of the stick. Or Metro North. Um, Metro North, Long Island Railroad do something, New York City transit get the worst end of the stick. Um, train derailments in, in Metro North and Long Island Railroad New York City Transit get hit with a crazy sleep apnea and work is out of service and you wasting your, your sick days. Um, discipline. They get away with discipline over there at a rate way higher than New York City Transit workers. And that leads us into the, the conversation of um, institutionalized racism. So now we're going to get into we're going to get into this the Samuelson video. We go get into the Samuelson video. I want you guys to listen. The theatrical performance of Mr. Samuelson. It was very exciting. I was excited myself because I was taken aback that he would do this, but I had to remember this is all a game. This is all a show. So watch this um, minute clip of him talking at the MTA board going off. But comparing the Army to New York City transit workers or rebel workers is a little bit like apples and oranges. Not that I want to, you know, go down that path with you. Um, I want to comment on, certainly on some of the things that have been said here. Um, first of all, like a reality check. You talk about inst the potential institutional racism with the doling out of overtime. You're not talking about New York City transit, though. You're talking about the railroads, I assume. Yes, sir. But with that said, you know what institutional racism is? This is institutional racism, having a political insensitivity to send armed police into our workplaces. And, it, and I don't understand how everybody here, every part of this management group, is not utterly embarrassed at the fact that you're acknowledging that your management is so dysfunctional and so messed up that you gotta send the cops in. You should all be so totally embarrassed. I think the writing public recognizes that, I think the media recognizes that, and it's true. So, so I, I, if, if you're gonna talk about institutional racism, I think you need to look in the mirror. That, that, that's the first thing. The second thing is, I, I appreciate the report by Larry Schwartz, the things you said, but comparing the army to... Shout out to Samuelson and his theatrical, very theatrical performance at the MTA board. Now, um, Chairman Foy, this is, this is from Dan Rivoli from New York One. This is um, a tweet from Dan Rivoli. Um, he said, Chairman Foy says 
there's institutional racism in worker deals that favor more senior workers who are less diverse than junior workers. Hmm. Let's think about that for a second. Is that really institutional racism? You know, when, when, when us blacks, people of color, Hispanics, when we hear a white man talk about institutional racism and it seemed like he's taking the side of us, we get excited, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he he he's it's for us. But Samuelson wasn't talking, he wasn't representing us. We he wasn't talking about that type of um institutional racism. He wasn't talking about, you know, the um uh the institutional racism that discriminate against blacks and minorities. He wasn't talking about that. But we got excited because we don't know better. You know, as people posting, oh, you know, Samuelson did this, Samuelson did that, and where was this? He wasn't talking about us. First of all, this OT scandal was in Long Island Railroad. I explained time and time again the makeup of Long Island Railroad. But Samuelson was smart enough to know that these attacks wasn't going against, you know, the operators. They was going against the maintenance titles. The maintenance titles where um, they start at 85% of their top pay. The maintenance titles where um, it's dominated by Caucasians. And this is something that the MTA and the union recognized because that's the reason they started the apprenticeship program. The reason for the apprenticeship program was to move women and minorities into positions dominated by Caucasians. And this isn't me talking about, you know, race. This is facts. Ask anyone why the apprenticeship program was started. Samuelson suspended that same program, that same program for about four years. Where was his outcry of institutional racism then? That's the question that needs to be asked. That program was suspended for at least four years. Now, he could say, well, you know, it wasn't us. It was the MTA. Well, you was on the board during that time. You was the president during that time. Where was the outcry of institutional racism then when it affected blacks, minorities, and women? Where was institutional racism then? This is why I keep telling you guys, stop falling for the banana and the tailpipe with these people because it's all BS. Trust me when I tell you, it is all BS. No, no outcry of institutional racism. And what's funny is that Samuelson is guilty for his own racist tactics within Local 100. Let's even look at when Samuelson, before they would stand, stand united or divided, however way you want to label them. Let's look at their, the name of their, their name. The, the name they ran up under in 2009 when they won. It was called Take Back Our Union. Think about that for a second. Take Back Our Union. Who are you taking your union back from? Let's, ex let, let's examine that. In 2009, the name of Samuelson Slate 
was take back our union. Who were you taking your union back from? You guys got to read in between the lines. Willie James, black union president, followed by Roger Toussaint, black union president. Who was Samuelson taking the union back from? That's a dog whistle. Samuelson basically was saying, take back our union from these black presidents and return it back to who he considered the owners. Who was he taking his union back from? Let's think about that. I want to see what y'all saying on Facebook. What are y'all saying on Facebook? Say anything good? Who was he taking the union back from? Samuelson is responsible for his own institutional racism. Now, check this out. This isn't the first time that I posted this. I talked about this before. This came out up under Samuelson tenure. If you look at the, the, the flyer, I have the union um, logo on it. So it was, it was approved by Samuelson. Now, this is all revolving around Vision Zero when Vision Zero first hit and things like that, right? Look at this character picture. This will fly over a lot of people's head, including, you know, our heads. But I find this picture to be very, very, very racist. You have a dark-skinned female. Hips. Bamboo earrings. Being arrested. You mean to tell me that you guys don't see anything wrong in this picture? Who was the people around Samuelson that allowed Samuelson to do this and made him feel comfortable with approving this? Because this cannot come out without his approval. Why would the union do such a thing? You know, what if, what if why, why not, why not arrest have have the person being arrested with a a a a, a white male with a, with with um what they call that a shrimp goo with a shrimp goo on that's the Jewish the 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 fur Jewish hats they wouldn't do that because they wouldn't disrespect them like that why wouldn't they uh why wouldn't they who else why 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 didn't they do that. They didn't have to show no face. They could have just gave the illusion of who the person they was disrespecting. Simple as that. I need you guys to, to, to follow me here. This is this is this is beyond crazy. This is beyond crazy. Follow me. Why didn't they do that? They could have just not used anyone in particular or or came up with a with a with a better image to represent bus operators being arrested for vision zero which is wrong which is which is very wrong but us as a people we don't demand that type of respect 
we need to start demanding that type of respect because Samuelson, very disrespectful. Utano, very disrespectful. We've seen the difference. Utano showed his true colors when, when a black person get assaulted and almost killed. Utano showed his true colors. Very disrespectful. And I know some, some folks who sleeping and they look at Utano take pictures with people of color. And they say he can't be racist because he take pictures with these people. Let me tell you something about racists. Racists are master manipulators, especially political races. They are master manipulators and they know how to play the game. So just because he took a picture with a person of color or ran with a, a, a person of color, that means they not racist. I mean, during slavery times, you had house Negroes and the master got along with the house Negroes, right? Does that mean that that master is not racist because he got along with the house Negro? I need y'all to help me understand this. Maybe I'm not understanding. I could tell you one thing that no master racist these master manipulators will be around strong people of color. They wouldn't do it. They just, they just wouldn't do it. You got, you got, they, I mean, they, they just wouldn't do it when you think about it. Why would they have someone strong who's going to call them out? Every black person that they got around them is a yes man. They're a yes man. How can you how can the black people that work around them allow them to get away with this without some type of war being waged? I need you guys to help me understand that. It, it's no way possible. It's no way possible you could be a, a, a person of strength and you allow them to put out propaganda like what you see on the screen. There's no way you could be a person of strength and you allow them to um, suspend, suspend the apprenticeship program at the time for four years that mainly affects your people. That, that, that program was put in place for a purpose. And you guys allow them to do that. There's no way possible you could be a strong um, person of color and you allow Utano to not go visit um, Jenkins, brother Jenkins in the hospital when he almost was killed. There's no way that you can allow that. There's no way. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to be in no pictures with you. I don't want to do anything. At some, at some point in time, some point in time, we got to stand up and send a message. At some point, we have to stand up. At some point, we have to say, enough is enough. We can't do this no more. We not going to allow you to do this no more. It's funny. These guys go to these MTA board meetings and, and talk about institutional racism and don't know anything about institutional racism. A whole bunch of white people at a table 
pointing the fingers about institutional racism. It's like the Ku Klux Klan sitting at a table and they pointing to each other to see who's more racist. There's no way possible that anything good could come out of a conversation with a whole bunch of fake elitists, white men and women at a table talking about institutionalized racism. And I'm going to tell you why. I know the truth hurt. I know the truth hurt. I'm going to tell you why they can't do that. Because you can't sit and address institutional racism and don't address structural racism. You can't do that. You can't go to a table and discuss institutional racism and not discuss systemic racism. And I brought up the systemic racism on multiple occasions on Facebook at the MTA board meeting. Systemic racism is the blatant um, disparity and discipline between Long Island Railroad and New York City Transit. Systemic racism is the blatant wage disparities between New York City Transit and Long Island Railroad. You cannot bring up systemic racism without addressing structural racism. Well, you can't bring up institutional racism without discussing um, systemic racism and structural racism. But there's one other thing that you can't bring up without bringing up those three, and that's white privilege. And when you look at the MTA board meeting, you see a whole bunch of white privilege whole bunch of white people telling us, mostly minority company, what's good for us and what's not good for us. And that's the truth. Samuelson isn't qualified to talk about institutional racism when he imp implemented his own version of um, institutional racism inside Local 100. Pat Foy is not qualified to talk about institutional racism. He's not qualified for that. None of them MTA board members are qualified. And you can have a black person on the MTA board. If they're not speaking the truth, like I'm speaking, they're worthless up there. <laughs> There's no way possible that they should be controlling the narrative of what institutional racism is because they are not qualified to talk about institutional racism under any circumstance, especially if they don't want to talk about white privilege. You want to know what white privilege was? Remember when Sarah Feinberg went to the, the platform with her baby with, with the MTA vest on and she was performing customer service um, duties with her child strapped to her because she felt that the rules don't apply to her? That's white privilege. She may not want to talk about it and she watched this page. She's in progressive action. She watches progressive action TV. That's white privilege. White privilege is Cuomo just saying, you know what? We don't care about the, the New York City transit workers getting their ass whipped. White privilege allow him to say, I want the police to watch the overtime. I want the IGs inside these bonds making sure that nobody is still in time. That's white privilege. That whole MTA board, the people on that MTA board, I guarantee you, 10 times out of 10, is not there because of their aptitude, not because they got nice degrees. It, it helps. But nothing helps you more 
than white privilege. Trust me when I tell you. They are not qualified to talk about white privilege under any circumstance. I mean, institutional racism under any circumstance. They don't want to talk about white privilege. White privilege is from 1968, the beginning of the MTA, to 2019, 51 years, not one black MTA chairman. That's white privilege. White privilege is, once again, I'm going to bring this flyer back up. Taking back our union. This is when Samuelson ran in 2009. They wanted to take it back from the minorities because two black men were presidents back to back. Take back our union. White privilege allowed him to say this slogan, get away with it, and not pay a consequence. That's white privilege. White privilege allow Utano and Cuomo to be best friends, to be good buddies. Because when it's not about Utano protecting the union or being, being the president of the union. White privilege recognize white privilege. It's like real recognize real. I don't care if you if you um if you a blood, if you a crip, real recognize real. That color stuff don't matter when real people get involved. But, and it's the same thing in politics. White privilege allowed them to, 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 to allow um, Utano to sell us out. That's what white privilege does because he's relating to Cuomo white privilege. That's what it's, it's all about. Now they want to put up this fake fight and, and now we in the contract negotiations and all this other stuff that's going on. We're going to get into that right now too. This 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 stuff is this stuff really gets me upset because people get mad at me for or say that Tramel you racist. How am I racist? Because I'm I'm pointing out what racist white privilege is doing. I'm not one of these easy blacks that you could tell me anything to deter me from my message. It, it don't it don't work like that with me with me at all. You can say whatever you want to say. I'm going to continue on with the same message. If you guys never gave me any examples to talk about, then I won't have nothing to talk about. If you guys didn't give me these examples to point to and say, hey, this doesn't look right, I would not have anything to talk about. But you guys give us an abundance of stuff to talk about. What white privilege look like? White privilege looks like this. I'm going to have to play this video again. This is what white privilege look like. Yeah, 
Look at white privilege in the flesh. This is white privilege. I don't need to be escorted out, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Alright? How white privilege work? He could not believe that the police asked him to go. His white privilege stood up and said, no way these white police officers are going to make me leave for these black people. That's what white privilege looks like. This union are led by races and they are, they are the weakest races. I'm going to tell you why, because if you, if that's who you are, then be who you are. But when you are covert racist, you're a coward. You are a coward. This is how these covert ra covert races are the worst kind. Because not only are they cowards, they would do whatever they got to do to get you fired. Because you strong and you black and or you Hispanic or you're a minority. And I know a lot of people say, yo, you know, we shouldn't be thinking about each other as minority. You got to talk their language. You got to talk the language that the people know. When you start talking too high, you start going over people's heads. I'm not here for that. You got to meet people on the level that they at. That's why I resonate with a lot of the workers here because I talk to them. I don't talk through them. I don't talk around them. I don't talk over them. I talk to them. So, yes, we are minorities. Um, they, they, the, These people... A lot of people say, you know, this is another this is another um, thing from these covert races. Another phrase or or sometimes it be my people that be saying the silliness. We got to stop fighting because um, the MTA go see that we're, we're, we're not together. You think the MTA <laughs> where you think the MTA you think they under a rock? You think they don't know that we divided? You think the MTA do not know that we're divided? You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. I'm going to give you an example how the MTA know that we are divided. You have union officers serving members up to management. Utano has been accused of serving members to management. So if you have these officers, the president or wh whoever elected serving members up to management, you think the MTA don't see the division in that? You really think the MTA don't know that, that we're divided? I'm going to tell you what the MTA fear. The MTA fear a uprising. That's why they pay me so much mind because... They know that I'm awakening the people. I'm threatening their white privilege. No matter how many people work up under them. Because the the there's a there's a certain limit that blacks can reach in this company. The MTA would never be mostly black people at the top. If you say that, these white people would probably look at you crazy, like, oh, you bugging. It would never be, it would never be um black people at the top. That's white privilege. That's racist.
Why can't it be? If it could be a whole bunch of white people, why can't it be a whole bunch of black people? That's racist. That's white privilege. That's how white privilege thinks. Oh, you crazy. You think it'll be a whole bunch of black people up here on this MTA board? Man, you must have lost your mind. That's white privilege. And what's crazy is that I don't know if it's subconscious or it's conscious how how some people be coming off racist. You know, when you look at the decisions of how things work in the MTA, it's definitely racist. And what's funny is that you can't point your finger to one person. You only could point your finger to the culture. And that culture says that it's racist, right? They know that they know that they know the culture is racist. But um us as a people, I'm told I'm 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 and we gotta do better. And with the with the white people don't understand, the white people who wear a uniform just like me, who go to work every day just like me, you guys are collateral damage. In order for them to get the majority of us, some of you guys are going to get caught too. When you guys wake up and finally see that and think that you're separate from us, because there's two type of wars going on. You have a racial war that's been going on in this country for 400 plus years, and that war hasn't gone anywhere. It has um actually has actually become more covert, originate in different forms, but you're getting the same results. Now you have a war. Now you have a war. Um, that's affecting the working class. The working class involves black, white, Hispanic, whatever, everything, Indian, everything. The working class. So you have these these white elitists waging war, been been waging a war against a race war. Um. And now they're waging a war against the working class. Uh, at least it has been become more prevalent these past 15, 20 years, the war on the working class. Which, which, like I said, involves everyone. So the working class is the same white guy who works for me every day at the job. It's a war. It's a war on you. You may not want to think about it like that. You may not want to think that your people is waging a war on you in any form or fashion, but they are. But they are. But you also have pockets, like I said, of uh, white supremacy, defending um, white supremacy or coming out for certain certain um, people. Uh, Utano coming out for the train operator who got punched in the face on the Fox. Now he's upset. Now he's irate. Now this must stop. But when Brother Jenkins almost got killed. That same energy wasn't there. That's white. That's white supremacy. It's racist. It says a lot. It says a lot. For everybody who's commenting on um the Facebook, the Facebook, if you put up an emoji, I cannot post it because um this program would not see it. So if you wanna want me to repost your comment, if I see it, repost it without an emoji. And um, I will post it. But this is facts. This is facts. And what's crazy is that I got a call from the media that said, yo, when the train operator got punched in the face, you, um, the union is all over it. 
So when I looked into it, I said, I see why they, they all over it. Now, we talk about this stuff in the crew rooms, but we got to take this out of the crew rooms and, and, and start presenting it at these um these union meetings. Start confronting um these officers and their actions because they think they slick. They think they smarter than us. They don't want us to talk about it. I'm going to continue to talk about it until I awaken. If I awaken five people up a year, I done did my job because those five people would have continued to be asleep. And if those five people enlighten another five people, then we could get something going. These is all facts. This is why Utano or Samuelson don't want to sit down and talk with me because they know that I speak with strength. I'm not no idiot, and you cannot tell me anything. Now let's talk about let's talk about um, these contract negotiations. So the union put out they sent out a message yesterday on the union website, and uh, basically. The deadline came, the deadline went, and we don't have a contract. I'm going to read to you what's on the screen right now. It says, we met with the MTA today, that was yesterday, on main table discussions. We did not reach an agreement on a new contract, and quite frankly, we are not close to a negotiated settlement. Our agreement with the MTA expires at midnight tonight, yesterday. I have scheduled a Local 100 Executive Board meeting for today, to present a full report. Under New York State law, our current agreement remains in effect. Management cannot change it in any way. We know that. To date, MTA Chair and CEO Pat Foy has not attended any meetings. My message to him is to get serious and start bargaining in good faith. This isn't that complicated. Transit workers are on a job under the worst of conditions. We have contributed mightily to better service and more reliable on-time performance as a result of the subway action plan. Let me rebuttal some of this stuff right now. The union, this whole process of the union started um, 90 days ago, at least 90 days ago, right? At least for the past month, they have been at the table negotiating. Why are we now just getting an update about our contract? Is our contract not our business? Someone explain that to me. Is our contract not our business? White privilege again. Um, they complaining about Pat Foy not attending any meetings, the boss of the MTA, the chairman of the MTA. Why would you want him there? If you can't handle the people who's up under him, how you figure you're going to be able to handle him? Let me finish reading this. It says, we are increasingly the target of criminal assault in the subways and on the buses. Through it all, we continue to deliver New York City's most essential public service, and we do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We expect to be recognized for our efforts with a fair contract. They know that. You think they don't know that? They know that. My thing is this. Y'all met for a couple of hours. This A contract is, is very important. Y'all met for a couple of hours. You guys are supposed to be banging this out nine, ten hours negotiating. Um, Go to the hotel, rest. Come back to the table. 
You guys haven't even been working hard on this contract. You guys are not taking the lives of transit workers serious on any level. And I'm talking about the union. Utano learned from Samuelson. Samuelson wasn't shit. Utano is even worse because he don't even got the gift of gab to talk. How, how can he, he communicate our problems efficiently when he can't talk? The union lawyers, they got, well, I'm going to notice, Dennis Engel. He's trash. Ben Valdez is the best lawyer in Local 100. <laughs> it's the same story with this stand. And, and I, want, I want y'all to bring this I want y'all to, to, to pay attention to this. I want y'all to pay attention. I'm going to bring this up again. I got to put this back on the screen. When Samuelson put out his racist rhetoric of take back our union, right? And they won. They, they basically were saying take the union back from um, the black people, basically. Once they took the union back, they became staying united. Why didn't they continue with take back our union? Now they staying united. They 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 don't want they really don't want to stand united. They really performing division throughout all of this this property or the the properties of um local one hundred. They really performing division. Now let's not forget. I'm gonna bring this up briefly too. Let's not forget. Um, they had called me union lawyer Dennis Engel called me thuggish. Said I was acting thuggishly. Uh, what's this what's this guy name? I forget his name. The dude who brung the charges against me said I was acting primitive like a primate. Uh, Tommy McNally been found by the EEO um, for racist propaganda against me. So the evidence is there. The proof is there. These guys, these guys are racist. But it's the same story. A deadline isn't a deadline with these guys. And um, management knows when it comes to our contract. Management knows that Utano is weak, big time weak. They know that he won't cause any type of job action. That's for a fact. And more importantly, they know that he's not organized enough to create one, even if he wanted to. Even if he wanted to, he would not be able to organize one at all. Not, not a successful one. He won't, he won't, he won't be able to organize one. They know that. But us not coming up with an agreement at our deadline, keeping the members in the dark throughout this whole process, not saying what's going on at the main table. Even though we may get retro, that's cool. But we need our money now. We can't afford to live in this city now, not later. We have bills now. Our demands must be met now. But this is the result that you would get when you go to a negotiation table, weak, and your hand shaped like a cup, like you panhandling. Like, are they negotiating or are they panhandling when they having these negotiations with the, with, with the TA? What are they doing? When you go to the TA on your hands and knees, they don't got to listen to you. That's why they playing hardball with you. Because the union leadership 
is weak. And union leadership starts at the top with the president. Utano is weak. Um, at the end of the day, we need and we deserve fearless, militant leadership. Intelligent leadership. Just because you got 38 years on the job don't mean that you know the issues. I hate when people say Utano got this amount of years on the job and 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 that makes him the most qualified. I don't understand the correlation um, between those two. Everything have an expiration date. Everything has an expiration date. Utano time been expired. Now, another thing we got to look into, maybe this is a big game. Maybe the MTA and the union is working together because, let's not forget, there's supposed to be some type of, um, there's an investigation going on right now from the Department of Labor. What if there is a redo election? What Utano and them probably would want to do is say, you know, we can't change leadership in the middle of the contract. You got to let us continue this. You got to let us continue that. Maybe that could be the case too. We ain't think about that. Maybe they stole in the contract until after the Department of Labor investigation because we should be getting a decision maybe within a week or two um, if the case is going to move on or not. That's something that we have to think about. Um, Sean said, our leadership might as well just admit that they are cowards. I agree. I, I, I fully agree. But politics aside, whether you like who you like or who you don't like, um, this is the time for us to really come together. If they don't like what I'm saying, that's on them. I'm just saying the truth. I'm not going to um, pat Utano on his head and say, hey, yo, man, you the best, when he hasn't done anything to show that he was the best. As soon as he came in, he gave away our jobs to contractors. Even before he was president and he was vice president, um, he allowed the MTA to circumvent civil service in his department and hire off of resumes. Utano is not a deal maker. You know, he's not he's not a mover and a shaker. He need to get with the movers and shakers. He need to get with Campbell. He need to get with myself. He need to get with Local 100 Fight Back. He need to get with the people that's out there in the field making noise. And we come together and show the MTA, hey, for this specific purpose, we're going to come together. And then we could we could continue our thing after we get a good contract. But like I said earlier, or like or like uh Gannon said earlier, once again, the union leadership is dismissive of progressive action in Thompson. They do not want to work with progressive action at all. They don't want to work with us, they don't want to take our ideas. They don't want to do. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to. They don't want to uh, do anything positive. Gannon is the communications director, making one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. Progressive Action do more communication for the membership than this guy. Why aren't we inside? Why aren't why why didn't they come inside and say, "Hey, Tramel, you got some good ideas." You, um, let's work together. Let's let's build this platform even bigger and better. 
Why? Because they look at me as the, the black guy who passed them. They would never want to give me credit. This is white supremacy again. This is racism again. I'm woke. I'm not asleep. Y'all could continue being asleep. Not me. I'm going to continue to give you guys the information to, to wake up. Because this is what we need. This, was, this, was, this is what it's about at the end of the day. see that you see that behind me this is what it's about it's about that in the back we can't afford to live in a city if we don't got that behind me we can't afford to take care of our families if we don't have that this is this is exactly what it's about don't let them fool you because if they can't deliver a good contract, they should take a pay cut, a $20,000 pay cut across the board, top four offices and VPs. If you can't garner us a good contract, $20,000 should come up off their salary. They, they listen, y'all got to wake up, man. Y'all, y'all really, y'all really gotta wake up. Y'all really do. moving forward. Um, I want to see more. I want to see more of you guys out. I want to see. Um, let me put, let me put this screen back. I want to see more. Let me see. How can I do that? Uh, I want to see more people out at progressive action events. Um. Like I said, our next event is the fist. It's not no typo. No typo. No typo. Fists and grits. Um, this Saturday, eleven AM to two I mean, yeah, eleven AM to two PM. So meet and greet. I'm gonna have some progressive action. Um, gear there. You gotta come out. If you like the platform and you support the platform, don't be afraid to donate to the platform. The link is in the description of this video. Donate to the platform. That's how we keep things going over here. This isn't free. I must have spent about over $20,000 of my own money building this platform. Continue to donate to the platform. If you want to get directly involved with progressive action, like I said, come to the events. Come to the meet and greets. Let's start um, coming together and discussing issues. Let's teach each other about the different issues in the different departments. I do not know everything. I never claim this to do, to, to, to do know everything. I don't. Teach me about your department. I'm willing to learn. And, that, and that, that's essential of being a leader, willing to learn about the different departments. I have essentially linked up with almost everybody whom I have problems with in the past. We have come together. They have come to the events. We have talked about working together and moving forward. This is what it's about. It's not about none of the other stuff. It's about coming together and working together and being one in some form of fashion. And the people who's against that, who's working against our best interests, we need to get them up out of there. If you got, if you have Twitter, if you have Twitter, follow us on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter, start a Twitter and follow us and retweet everything that goes up on that page. We reach the MTA and the media so much quicker 
through Twitter. Get on Twitter. Follow our Twitter at ProgressiveVat. If you got Instagram, um, follow our Instagram at Progressive Action. The um, add people to the Progressive Action TV page on Facebook. That is very, very, very important. Very important. This media is very, very important. If you want the clothes, go to perfidel.com. P-E-R-F-E-D-E-L.com. Support the platform. Support the movement. But more importantly, I need you guys to pay attention to this. Support yourself. This is not about me. This is about us. And us includes you. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch y'all guys later. Peace.